1: Folks, I am the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She is my sister from another Mr. Sarah Larson down in Miami. And this is the Line to Gain show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I am sporting my fresh new gear, my <laughs> Taylor's version uh, sweatshirt that my nephew was kind enough to get for me. Because if you don't know, the whole story behind Taylor's version has to do with when the guy sold her music. She redid her lyrics so that it became hers. So it's Taylor's version. So basically with the shield, as we all know, Taylor owns the NFL right now. But hey, we've been apart for a few weeks. Happy to be back tonight here on uh, here on the normal night, but one hour early. Hour earlier.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: we're all fired up to get back. And then we get hit by old velvet voice himself, Spence, where he's like, hey, man. Joe's traveling. Can we switch times real quick? <laughs> um, and I mean, that's, and, and that's the thing is like Spence drops that voice on you. You can't say no. You're like, no, yeah. Uh, you just I become hypnotized. You're like, of course Spence will do it for you. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're back and um, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, obviously yeah. bills lose another one. They lose Monday night at home to the Broncos. Uh, subsequently the next morning, um, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, is fired. Joe Brady, uh, former Saint, former Carolina Panther, and famously the passing game coordinator for the 2019 LSU Tigers of Joe Burrow that went on to win a national championship. He is now our acting offensive coordinator. Uh, We'll talk about that stuff as well as some other things, but my girl is back. She was up in uh, Buffalo on Monday night. Sarah, how are you doing?
2: Uh, as you can probably hear, I mean, I hear it. I, I don't know if anyone else can. Um, I think we jinxed me a couple weeks ago talking about how healthy um, I've remained during um, my, you know, 53 game uh, streak. Uh, unfortunately, I, you know, have a cold sinus infection, something I've taken two COVID tests at home. They both came back negative, but um, I went to Walgreens today to actually get a test, like a real one just to make sure that I can uh get on this flight this weekend. Um but uh but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I had um my LASIK eye surgery on Friday. How um, did
1: that go? How did how did how was that?
2: It was uh it was interesting uh, to say the you know, to say the least. Um but they were absolutely amazing. And yes, I am going, um, to, you know, tout them a little bit. They are our show sponsor. Um, but you know, they, they definitely, you know, treated me, um, like a, like a VIP. It felt, it felt great. Um, and just the, just talking to the guys and, um, you know, the, them all being in the room and and walking me through each step. And, um, I hope, i hope they do that for everybody i really do um so but, let me ask you
1: a question uh, okay. so you can fly that quickly after you get this done because i yeah. i would love to get lasik i wear glasses and of course we're talking about our great sponsors of victor endel and elmer we'll we'll uh, hear a little bit about them here in right. a moment but you're able to fly that quickly because yeah, I would, I actually, i'm contemplating going up and getting it done
2: yeah that's the first question i asked i was like am i allowed to fly they prefer you um, don't fly for a week just, you know, so you're close to them just in case. But they said there's absolutely no reason why you can't. It's a pressurized cabin. Um, so there's no reason people fly in all the time. You do have to be there for at least an extra day because you do have your first follow-up the day after your surgery. So I right. had um, done on, on Friday. Saturday was my follow-up. Um, again, they were amazing. They walked me through every step. Um, they actually adjusted my my surgical plan that morning. Um, we talked about it, you know, uh, a little bit or that afternoon, I should say, we talked about it a little bit further. Um, and, uh, you know, we we adjusted and my my eyesight on Saturday morning was a little concerning. I, I, I'm not going to you know, I even tweeted it. I'm not going to lie to nobody. I was concerned um, because I couldn't see anything close up. And I was like this is not great. You know, before I had, you know, 2020 vision up close, um I am over 40 uh for those, you know, for most of you know that, but um they do say that w- once you are over 40 that um when you have LASIK there's a chance you're going to need readers and um so they have they do what they call monovision, so they they correct one eye just a little bit less than the other. So then um you don't need those readers for a little bit longer. Uh, you know, usually after 15 instead of after 40. And I was like, "Oh no, they overcorrected me." I, you know, freaked out a little bit. Um, they reassured me that I still had swelling um, and that it'll progressively go down, and it has. So um, it's still my up close vision is still not the same. I, I will admit that it's still not the same as it was before. Um, but they say that it, some people take up to a week. So um, hopefully by this Friday, um, it will be completely better, but I'll tell you what, as much as I did not want to see the game Monday night, go <laughs> the game, I have to wear contacts or glasses. Um, and just seeing things in a different way, uh, was I, that's when I first like realized it's like, okay, I could see differently now. I could see the names. I could see the numbers without having to look on the television. Um, you know, the big television screen, right. um, uh, So it was uh, definitely, you know, I would do it again uh, in a heartbeat. I would tell people do it, especially if you're the kind of person that wears glasses every day. Um, I, you know, definitely recommend it.
1: Well, hey, before we get uh, too far into the show, we'll get a quick breakdown. I'll get into some stats from the Monday night game. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Ficta Endel and Elmer.
3: Picture this crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game-changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At FICTA Endelin Elmer Eye Care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds, with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at FICTA.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. At FICTA Endelin Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Go Bills.
1: Buffalo Bills lose Monday night to the four and five now Denver Broncos. Bills are five and five, second in the AFC East, and um, pretty heartbreaking loss considering a game that we all felt they should have won. Also, the fact that the last minute field goal or last second field goal was missed, and then we had 12 men on the field. Uh, it was confirmed that Leonard Floyd was that 12th man uh, that was out on the field before the missed kick. And then obviously they make the kick afterwards, but Josh Allen only 15 to 26 for 177 yards. He had two interceptions. Um, we did run the ball extremely well. Cook had 12 carries for 109 yards, a uh, nine-yard average. Uh, Murray had uh, nine carries for 68. Josh Allen himself had four for 13. And um, we definitely got the running game going. Gabe Davis, after a really, really shaky, poor start, comes back two catches for 56. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, who also had a very vital drop, five for 51. Diggs, only three for 34 yards. Shakir with a catch. Uh, Cook and Murray both had two catches each out of the backfield. Bass, no field goal attempts, only two extra points made. And um, uh, Bernard led the way in tackles with eight on a defense that um, I thought, Sarah, a defense with five starters from the first season opening game that are out and not playing. I thought that defense played their tails off the entire game and yeah. kept the Bills in the position where they had a chance to win.
2: I mean, hasn't that been the story though? Like it's it's so frustrating that, you know, I feel like the um the defense keeps us in and then the offense finally figures it out and then it's that one drive that the defense needs to to stop them and they can't. You know, like it feels like it's been that way um, a lot, especially, you know, we, we get that, that game winning drive in and we go ahead and then, uh, can't, can't stop them on defense. It's, well, I thought you know, the
1: penalty was trash. I thought the penalty was very, very suspect. It, well, that, I mean,
2: and, and yes, and we've all, you know, went through it. Is it defensive pass interference based on the, um, you know, context and the, you know, of the, the rule. Yes. Should something be changed? Yes. Um, and I think that that's where most of us are are griping is when um, the ball's underthrown, and you have the uh, you know office the offensive player coming back towards the the ball when the defensive player is going full you know full um, racing you know full speed racing on the um, the field. It gets to the point where you can't expect them to put on their brakes that quickly and and stop because you know um if the ball's underthrown. So uh I feel like there needs to be we can't keep on um rewarding these quarterbacks for badly thrown balls.
1: But I also think I do have one Grinch or uh, question of what you said. The defense did get a stop. A missed field goal is a stop. Um
2: well, I was and talking about a, you know, yeah, before that, yeah,
1: right, and then we have the twelve men on the field. So right. I, I, I'm just, you know, my only issue defensively was I, you know, McDermott's mo is when things get a certain way, he's going to bring pressure. It's hard to bring pressure when you're playing with your tenth, eleventh, and twelfth some of your you know, DBs. Um, you know, it's it's hard to do that, and obviously, um, the trade with with. Green Bay for – what's my man's name? The corner that we That's signed. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a great pick. I mean, obviously, he's playing, doing well. He seems to have jumped in seamlessly. But it, it just – I thought the defense did an, uh, just an honorable job considering what they're missing. And, again, I mean, Ed Oliver goes out and has a monster game. And while – did he sack the quarterback? No, but he caused about three of the the sacks that we had. Um, his pressure up the middle, he was dominating. He was eating Ben Powers alive. Um, the concerning thing to me on the defense, obviously, and I talked to my sons about this because we have a group text, and we're talking about it, and my son that plays at Tulsa, he's like, look, I understand he had an injury, but I'm really concerned watching Von Miller on the field, not only just how slow he looks, just can he protect himself? And, he had his
2: first solo tackle right. of the season against against the Broncos. <clears throat> first solo tackle. Right. Um,
1: he's really he's he really struggling well, to move.
2: He only had one assisted tackle before that. Right. So um, yeah, it's concerning what what we're paying for him, but at the same time, you know, um I haven't watched enough uh to, to really zone in on whether or not he's affecting plays, even though that like the stats might not be showing it, um, whether or not he's affecting plays or whether or not, um, you know, anyone is, you know, has to prepare differently because he's on the field. I don't know. I, I haven't really, you know, broken it down like that. Um, so just because the stats aren't there, I I can't say that, you know, he's, he's a waste, you know, a waste this year or whatever. Um, we do also have to understand that, he's not even a year removed from his, his injury. Um, it'll be a year next week on, on Thursday. Um, and don't forget, he didn't have surgery until about two weeks after his, um, his right. injury. But ACLs
1: um, are, or they're, they're returning. And, and I get it. I mean, I don't expect him to be pre ACL Von Miller right now, but I expect him to look a lot better than he does.
2: Well, and, and again, um I haven't broken it down like that. So we gave, we gave Trey a a pass a lot last year and said, you know, um, he, he actually didn't come back until almost a full year as well. And then when he did come back, he didn't look like the same Trey White. And we all, you know, said, it's probably going to take until next year for him to, to be, you know, to be the same Trey. Um, you know, we've kind of slowly worked, um, Vaughn back into the defense. I don't know if that's by design or because Sean sees it too. I I don't know.
1: I think it's a little bit of, I think it's, I think Sean sees it too. I think you, you you try to get him back in, you try to get him going, but it's, it's obvious that he's not going to be a difference maker this season. And I'll, I'll give him till next season. We'll see how it is. But again, I also think that you know, Vaughn is of age where it's starting to become tougher to come back from those types of things. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's definitely going to take him a little longer with the age he is. Yeah, um,
2: you know, I, he's he's still young per se, but not in football, you know, years. So, um, it is We're not definitely... talking about
1: you, Sarah. We're talking about Vaughn Miller. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm um but you know, it, it goes, it goes for anybody, you know, especially when you're, you're dealing with the second or third injury. So, um, right. you know, he's already had knee injuries. Um, I think it was his other knee though, before with the ACL. Um, right. I don't, I, I don't quote me on that, but um, you know, I maybe he's favoring it a little bit more still. Um, I also think he wants to be there at the end of the year. Uh, so maybe it's a little, um, I was listening to something today that right now, I you know, we've lost so many people on defense that it's almost a little psychological when you go out there um, because you don't want to be next. Right. Um, you want to be able to, uh, you know, affect this team into December and January, provided we make it um, into into January. So um, maybe he's not going as, as hard as um, he could. Um, or maybe he's just not there yet.
1: Bills are 5 and 5. Um I think they have to go 5 and 2 the rest of the way to have an outside shot of Might of only be my
2: old well, now that today that we found out Cleveland um has uh has decided that um Watson is going he's gotten several um several doctors opinions and he is done for the season. He right. has to have surgery. Um they're going to go with the the rookie. Dorian, um, Robin, uh, Robin, is it Robinson Tom? I can't, I, yeah, I call it's him DRT DTR. Yeah, it's yeah. D- or DTR. Are. That's what I call yeah. him all the time. So, um, so he's going to, um, be the starter. And to be honest with you, I, I thought PJ Walker would have given them a little bit of a better chance. Um, but them going with the rookies kind of interesting. It kind of gives them, you know, a, a little outlook of what they have for their future. Um, but without Watson, you, you, you wonder, they still have a great defense. Um, but, you know, will they nudge in as the, you know, the wild, the seventh wild card, you know, spot? Or um, could this potentially have them fall out? So I would have said six and one over the next seven games um, in order to get in. Um, again, it's all dependent on what the AFC East teams do. Um, because if, you know, all of a sudden Miami goes on a losing streak, which I don't foresee, but if they did, um, this could be a very different conversation in December, but, uh, if they continue their winning ways, then Buffalo's only chance is through a wild card. And with that being said, maybe, maybe five and two now, um, you know, going into the last stretch, but I don't think they have much more room other than, you know, one or two games. Um, so I definitely agree with you there.
1: So obviously the offense has been a major sticking point the whole season. It's been the topic of, of most conversations, the inconsistency of the offense, the play of Josh Allen. We talked about, yes, he leads the league in percentage completion and all that stuff. But
2: Stats when light. you
1: watch, yeah, when you, when you watch this team, you know, that he's not playing to previous levels. Um, Sean McDermott felt the same way. Obviously he relieves Ken Dorsey of his offense coordinator duties. Right. And we bring in Joe Brady. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit of that. You have some, some things to discuss um, points, Kurt Warner's points and some different things as as far as uh, outsiders and what they feel.
2: Right. My first question to you, um, it's been kind of posed on social media a lot. Um, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on our breaking news segment. Um, because there was 12 men on the field they get another chance uh the Broncos get another chance to kick this field goal and uh the second chance they they make it the first one they did not um the Bills would have won by one point um in your opinion uh and you know i can kind of quickly what i had stated was that i had felt like Dorsey does not get fired if um if we didn't have 12 men on the field uh we would have Won that game, it would have been wow. Dorsey schemed up this great fourth quarter, um, drive late in the game, game winning drive. Um, and it would have been a very different story. Um, they needed, and this goes back and forth, and we'll talk about what, um, what several you know of the national media is saying, but they needed a scapegoat, they needed someone to blame. And, um, you know, whether or not you f- feel like Dorsey deserved it. Um I would never say someone deserves to be fired but d- whether or not we needed a change. Um how do you feel if uh if you f- if we did not have that that penalty? Um do you think we're sitting here with Brady as our offensive coordinator now?
1: I think that I think you can look at this a bunch of different ways. If 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 they missed the field goal, and then Josh Allen goes on the field and we go into, you know, our fast mode and he goes and does what Josh normally does when we go hurry up, which is make a lot of completions, score touchdowns. We're back in the same, we're back in the same boat. Dorsey still has his job and the fan base is screaming, see, I told you if you just let Josh Allen cook, we're great. Right? Well, I, I, I think this issue is more than somebody just letting Josh Allen cook. I think there's a lot of stuff to it. Um, If they win, obviously, I don't think Dorsey gets fired. Um, But him being there another week does not fix the problems. I almost believe, Sarah, that this firing is as much of a wake-up call for Josh Allen as it is for the offensive side of the ball and and the team in general.
2: Yeah. Um, Josh today, just to let you know, I know you said you were very busy today. You didn't get to hear everything. Josh today actually said that he feels like Dorsey being let go is, is on him a lot because, and you know, that the off it's on the offense as a whole, that they did not do their job. They did not perform the way that if the offense performed better, he still has his job. Um, so at least they took, he took a little bit of ownership on that.
1: Right. It's a standard answer though, right? Head coach gets oh. fired. First thing the players say in the exit meetings is, you know, we let the coach down, we let him down, whatever, you know, nowadays in college, if they fire a coach, you just watch what happened at AM, like five minutes later, there's 32 guys in the transfer portal. I mean, it's what happens. But I, I think a lot of this is because we had, there was so much narrative about, Dorsey being Josh Allen's handpicked guy, right? His handpicked successor to Dable. And, you know, the guy that was his confidant more than Dable was and and all of this. So that's why the comment I made on Twitter after this, you know, firing was announced was this this firing puts even more pressure on Josh Allen to perform. And I think that, you know, Brady is a is a guy that, you know, yes, he was kind of labeled the super genius at one time out of LSU. Um, there was kind of a power struggle there. And uh, Ed Orgeron would not name him the OC. So he moved on. He went to, uh, I believe it was New Orleans before he went to Carolina. And he, he didn't have much success as a coordinator at Carolina. Now, he didn't have Josh Allen either. Okay. Right. It was back
2: um, um, with... Uh... Sam Darnold and, uh, the debacle with, you know, him and Cam Newton and, um, you know, and McCaffrey was down, um, for half of both, I believe both seasons that, um, you know, he was that, you know, he was the OC. So, um, you know, could lead to excuses, but again, statistically, he wasn't all that great.
1: I think the biggest challenge for Brady is going to be and he's been in the room with this guy every week now. Remember, he's his quarterback coach. So he understands Josh and how he is and his personality and all that. I think the biggest thing for him as the OC is to find a way to get Josh Allen's confidence back because his confidence is gone. Right. Um he is a very he is a player right now that is playing with doubt as opposed to playing like, you know, I hate to use the term, but that Superman type of style that he plays with so he's got to figure out a way to get this offense to be successful but also put Josh in in situations where he can be he can get his confidence back and I think that's the biggest thing because you don't have to it doesn't take a football person or a very very smart person to understand that this franchise right now is his it is Josh Allen's and everybody you know there's 52 other sets of eyes are looking at him going okay what are we going to do? And you know he's got to get to a point where he can be successful and get that swagger back, and that's going to be Brady's biggest issue as OC, I believe.
2: Right, and at some point, someone needs to have the the cojones to tell Josh that he needs to chill out a little bit with, um, always having the friendly the friendly face, you know, with him. Um, you know they. Right. Yeah. I mean, no no offense to, to the other Allen, but we we have someone that no one has confidence as our backup quarterback, if um Josh Allen was to go down, that he's not gonna be able to win us a, a game, let alone um they usually say, Can you win 50% of the games with with your backup? Um, most of us don't <clears> think <throat> that he could win a game. So um I think at this point in time, we, we all need to kind of tell Josh, we understand this is your team, but you need to, you know, to worry about that aspect and not having your friends nearby, not have, you know, not gainfully employing, um, you know, your, you know, your besties. So. Well, um, I think
1: that, I think that I don't think Josh is, I'm not trying to start this whole thing back up again, but. The the strong personality presence that Diggs is, and, and the situation that we had happen in the last season in the off season, it's almost like to not to to not. I mean, the best term would be he's been neutered a little bit. Um, I I agree with you one hundred percent, Sarah. I think you are dead on. If this is his joint, be that dude. I don't care who you piss off. You gotta be who you are. You can't be somebody else. And if yeah. that makes somebody mad, that's on them. You know, it, 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 it's that old adage that I don't. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to hang out. But when Sunday comes, and you're supposed to run a, a whatever route, a 25 yard dig or something, like that, then you need to be there. And I'm gonna throw you the ball. And I think that you're right. I mean this this this. There's been this forced upon the team you know camaraderie and you know all these different things and that's not what it's about you're not they're in an age where and you know this you're, you're not going to like one another get over it and start being the leader that you're supposed to be and demand some things of some people and in turn you do the same thing you you step forward and be that guy as well and i think you're 100 percent correct
2: so the thing I, he, with me
1: he's like having a he's like trying to play a character that he's not
2: Right. And and that kind of leads into the next part. Um, So with me, with Josh, th- I love fiery Josh. I love the guy that we saw on the bench um, for 13 seconds where he was up and in guys face and saying, right. let's go. This is, you know, like cheering them on. And I want that same Josh when they're not winning. Right. I want, the, you know, I want him in everyone's face going, you did this wrong. Now we need to do it right. You owe right. me a play. You you owe this you know to the team now. Get up and and this what you know. It really pissed me off when they sat Cook for so long <laughs> right. on Monday night after he had the fumble. How is that like? You're not putting a guy in timeout who is a grown ass man and making him feel better you know any better about right. his play. Right. So get him back out there. Get in his face. Tell him he owes the team now and make him go out there and work you know work for it. Right. So I just feel like, you know, I, I hope in the, in McDermott said today, he does not know whether or not Brady is going to be on the field or if he's going to be in the box calling, calling the plays. I want someone who is going to be in Josh's face when something doesn't go right. And I don't know if Brady's the guy, I don't know if he's going to do it. I don't know. Um, But you know, I was texting with somebody, I won't call him out. Um, but I was texting with somebody during the game, and I'm like, this is it. We got to a point in the game, I was like, it felt like we were down double digits and it right. was three zero still. I was like, I am so over this. At one right. point in time, the offense needs to be like, F the coach or F the coordinators and just freaking play like they know right. that they can play. And it just, it, you know, it was so frustrating because they just didn't look like the, the team that we know and love, they didn't look right. like they were on. They didn't look like they were running the right routes. They didn't look like, you know, Josh looked flustered and frustrated. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, it led to Dorsey's firing. So today, um, Dan uh, Orvlaski, he came out. He basically said, um, I think it was yesterday, actually. He came out and said, um, the offense is wildly predictable at the um, and the easiest offense to prepare for in the NFL everyone has to operate at a 10 in order for it to succeed calls it schematically broken and um you know he understands why Dorsey was let go. He sees why you know it, um you know why he he doesn't think that Dorsey was a scapegoat. He thinks that it was you know a justified firing right um and whatnot. And then on the other hand, Kurt Warner came out um, today and um called Dorsey Dorsey's firing a scapegoat. He said um, he pointed out several plays where Josh is either making a wrong read or he's rushing it. He's not letting the play develop in order to get the ball where it's supposed to go based on the scheme. Um, You know, both can be true. Uh, Both can be right uh, to a certain extent. Um, How do you feel about, you know, both of them and their comments?
1: I can I can see a little bit of both. Um, but I also know that this guy last year, we did not have as many issues like this as we do this year. What Dorsey is doing, a lot of it was some of the stuff that Dable did. Um, again, handpicked successor by Josh Allen. Um, I did think that I did think that Dorsey got into the problem of trying to, I don't know what I say, trying to please too many people, but he was, you could tell what he was doing. He was concerned with the quarterback play and trying to find ways to get Josh involved and get his, you know, we talked about his confidence and all that, but I really do kind of lean towards Kurt Warner on this. Um, We've seen a lot of good offensive football With the pairing of Dorsey and Josh Allen, we've seen a ton of it. It's taken us into the playoffs. Um, There's been a lot of success between these two. The Miami game at the beginning of the year is one of those games. The Raiders game, one of those games. So what? Why all of a sudden has that changed? And I think that Kurt has valid points on mechanics, or far as reads and things like that. I'm not sure that Josh Allen is quite the, I don't want to say student, but I do think that his big arm allows him to not have to be so rigid in what he's reading and how he's doing things. His feet get him out of trouble and his arm gets him able to make plays. And That's why his interceptions and those types of things are high. So I do think Brady has a big job. And we talked earlier about bringing back Josh Allen's confidence. It might also be trying to fix some mechanical things and trying to fix some some scheme things with his quarterback to get him back how he was. Because I don't care what kind of athletic ability that Josh has. I don't care what kind of arm he has. Um, Arlovsky's right. You know, f- teams were preparing for him and had him f- and had him figured out. How many times have we seen that ball down the sidelines picked with the safety just sitting there reading his eyes, waiting to just step. So Dan, and catch Dan the ball?
2: actually did say um that he doesn't think that Josh's mechanics are off. he th- He just thinks it's basically the the you know scheme is broken. Um, so he was pretty much, but that's, that Dan does that a lot though. Um, if you listen to a lot of, um, his takes, he is very pro quarterback. Right. Exactly. Um, So, you know, uh, he, he's saying that Josh isn't broken. The scheme was, um, I, I literally tweeted out during the game, Josh Allen is broken. Um, I feel like it could be because of the scheme that Josh is broken. Um, but he always looks a little panicked. He all like, and that's yes. not Josh. Um, you know, Josh, we we called him sugar high Josh when he would get out of the pocket and you know and do a few things, but now he he looks rushed from the snap. From the snap, yes. he looks like um he, you know, if he can't get it to the first person, he almost <sighs> doesn't want to look at the second person, right. you know, and definitely not a checkout, you know, check down guy. Um if the the pocket is collapsing at all, so right. I don't know if he has absolutely no confidence in the line. I don't know what it is, but Josh does look different. Um, so he I should have
1: confidence in his line because his line has actually been playing pretty damn good over the last so many games. It's it's not a jailbreak, I right? Mean, and
2: what and what intrigued me, and I know you haven't been able to take a uh, you know take a look at the Kurt Warner video is he basically shows, um, you know, the different levels of progressions that Josh has, what his first progression should be, what the second, you know, progression should be, um, you know, based on, um, you know, based on the routes that are being uh, run and what happens with the DBs as the routes are being uh, ran. And he actually, you know, kind of pointed out if Josh would throw the ball now it would have been a completion. If Josh would have, instead of going for the, the uh, first read would have went to the second read or even waited another second, and went to the third read on this play, right. it could have been a, you know, a um, reception instead. he actually took the check down in that one. So it was still a positive play, but instead of having a first down, we got right. like four yards. Um, And so that is, you know, that's, I I don't feel like he's confident in what he's seeing on the field anymore. And I don't know if it's him overthinking the, the turnovers. I don't know if it's him overthinking the, you know, the scheme, if he's overthinking the fact that they're now five and five, so it's going to get worse. Um, So someone put in the comments at this point in time, Brady's first, you know, uh, job is going to be to get his his confidence back to get Josh's confidence back. I want cocky Josh. I want the Josh that just got flagged for you know unsportsmanlike conduct and right. you know fined ten thousand um, dollars for pointing at somebody because he got cocky as he was running it for a touchdown. Right. I want and, cocky Josh.
1: <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin makes a good point. Brady needs to be on the field, and that's something that. I'm a big coordinator on the field guy, offensively and defensively. I think that I think that quarterbacks, especially, I know they can get on the headset, but I do believe that that they need to be able to get with their guy, sit with him, talk to him, all those things. If I'm gonna put a coordinator upstairs, it, it probably would be a DC before an OC. I just think that's important that 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 conversational stuff, that conversational piece. Is, uh, is big time. And so it'll be interesting to see if he is down or they put him up top. But no, you're right. And I and I have a lot of respect for Court Warner and how he evaluates this because this is a guy that, that came up the hard way. Nothing was given to him. He had to rely on being that dude uh, as far as his ability to read defenses, be smart, understand how things work together. So... I I respect that assessment from him. Yes, he's and a Hall he of Fame su- player. You know,
2: so yeah. I look at it, and I actually replied to to one of the tweets today. I was like, you know, hey, Kurt, if you want to give up your cushy uh, broadcasting job, I heard we have a quarterback coaching position <laughs> that's vacant. Um, I would love somebody uh, that was a successful right. um quarterback in the NFL, that that still knows, you know, Peyton Manning's another one. Um. <laughs> someone that was successful, but still seems to be a very good teacher slash student of the game. Right. Um, and, you know, breaks down certain things, but just the way he broke down what Josh was doing wrong um, was, was intriguing to me because most people, you know, aren't they're they're not putting it, they're not breaking down, you know, to the, to the actual second of, you know, he did this wrong or he did this wrong.
1: Let me ask you mm-hmm. this. Well, let me ask you this. Is this mm-hmm. calling the question, Sarah? And this see we're trying to read tea leaves right now, okay?
2: Mm-hmm. And green. And, and I said we, this I said this yesterday on the show that right. we're we're speculating and we're we're right. always we're trying you
1: know, to, yeah. So what I'm saying is speculative. It's discussing with you, it's bringing up points, two friends are talking. I wish I had a beer right now, a Yingling exactly. Um, you know, and we're talking about this this is. I wonder what his off the field prep and work ethics like, as far as studying film and those types of things.
2: Josh's um, or Brady's?
1: Josh's. Josh's.
2: And I would have said. years this? Is this, is this ago, where? Yeah. Right.
1: Is this where? Do we? You know. How does he study? How does he prepare for games? Is this part of what was going on with some of the bickering earlier or late last year, earlier this year? Um, did maybe people feel he was getting too much credit and not getting held accountable? One thing I, I like, and I, I just I'm that. gonna I'm gonna rewind something to what you talked about earlier. And you were talking about I, you know, I want I want pissed off getting people's faces. I want all, and I agree with that. I mean, there's no bigger motivator in the pro game than when you maybe don't have a good game or you don't play well and Jim walks in or Thurman walks in and a guy like that gets in your ass. And I'm just telling you, there is no there is no bigger motivator for a player than that. And you did it
2: again, though, by the way, Jerry. So you're going to hear me say pause again.
1: <laughs> wow. uh, you'll yeah. hear
2: You'll hear it on the replay.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, again? <laughs> okay. I got I got you. I
2: forgot
1: thirst. I forgot I'm hosting with Thirst Trap.
2: Oh, stop it. It
3: was
1: Gut, funny. Gutter mine. Yeah. Um yeah. anyway, it's like <laughs> now I can't stop laughing because I know exactly <laughs> what I said. Um but the point is this is that great teams are player led. Okay. Player motivated. Coaches don't have to come down and grind on, you know, they don't have to, you know, do all those things to get their players going because the players themselves are policing the locker room and policing themselves. And you're right. I mean, when we're having, and I know I want to say this and I'll get, I'll get, you know, everybody loves this second, but you know, we got locker room karaoke going on over here and we got dance party USA going over here. And then we're walking through and hugging it up because when everybody see how, you know, United and stuff, that's not important. What's important, win, important. is when you, when you win. That's what your job yeah. is, okay? That's what your job is. And there's something to be said about all this. And and I think that, you know, that comes into question what Kurt said. I mean, to be that type of player that can read those second and third reads and make those throws and know where to go with the ball immediately, that's a tremendous amount of studying. And I I'm speculating. I don't know. I don't know what he's right. like. I've, never, I've never met the man. I don't know, you know, I don't know. But and I
2: mean, like Josh, we've we've all said it. It almost feels like he's regressed a little bit this year. Um, and I don't know if if that's the if, you know, again, we're speculating, but is that the problem? Has he I can't believe I'm saying this, but has he turned into Kyler Murray a little bit where he's not preparing the way he should be right. mentally for the games? Um, what watching film watching you know preparing for the defenses um you know again he can be and and just doesn't talk about it the same way mahomes talked about it on a netflix special so we all know about it you know like but the way that mahomes talked about how he prepares physically and mentally for every single game now you know we we've heard it we've seen it on, you know so now it's like leaves us a little bit like well Geez, why can't we have that? I want that Josh back. You know, um, well, when's the
1: last time somebody's run a wrong route or done something and you've seen him challenge him on the field?
2: Well, that's the thing. We what we've seen is dejected Josh sitting right. on the sitting on the bench with you know his head between his his legs and or or staring at the freaking right. iPad. I, I don't want to see that anymore because that's not helping the team. That's not helping no. anybody on the team. He needs to be walking over to the wide receivers and saying, this is what went wrong. You know, like, let's let's figure this out. This was what the plague was called. The DB did this. You did this, you know, or this was my fault. The DB right. did this. I should have I should have, you know, did this and I didn't. My bad. Let's run this again. And next time I'll get it right. But it's like, also
1: too, and before so we go a little, right before we go a little bit further, let's hear from another one of our great sponsors. Let's hear from Picasso's Pizza. Um I still got one in the freezer, Sarah. I'm saving it for, for a special occasion. Picasso's you got the Pizza. One left. Yep, I do. Picasso's yeah. Pizza, Buffalo's Pizza, fine sponsor of the show.
3: Hey football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at Picasso'sPizza.net.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, And get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: I think it also goes along with the fact, and we're talking about the offense and different things and the dynamics between players and leaders and Josh being that, you know, fiery guy on the field and everything and demanding a certain, certain level of play out of his players. Um you know, I also look at, and this is why the receiver position I think is is vital for us to get more talent in, um, to get another alpha in that room, so to speak. Because, um, part of me thinks that that Diggs does some of the stuff he does or did. Now he hasn't had much this year. He's been he's remained quiet because he's kind of the lone wolf man. He's the guy. I mean, it's him who's one of the best ever played, and a bunch of other dudes.
2: Right. There's no. And I will say you. that Diggs remained quiet to yes. a certain extent on right. on Monday night. He was right. on the. I I sit right right behind them, so he was in front of me all night long, talking to the guys. He was doing what I wish Josh would do. Right. Um, but he didn't do it the way he would get criticized for it in the past. Right. He was trying, like almost forcibly smiling in the beginning. Right. Um, you know, getting up and you know. Motivating everybody, and you know, like you got this, and like I, I want Digs to be Digs. To be honest with you, I right? Really and do. that's that's
1: the point I was going to make. And it's almost like he's been, you know, he's been kind of, uh, you know, turned down a little bit, and he needs to be who he is too, and and Josh needs to be who he is, and and they need to get to. So I agree with that as well. I think it goes it goes across the board. I think that I think there's a lot of people that. That this is important. I mean, it's 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 not about it's not about being chummy chummy. It's about winning and and hopefully Brady has a way mm-hmm. to get um, you know, to get people to play back to the levels that they can play or what they're actually able to play. Real quick, I just got a uh, I just got a text message from the voice, Joe Miller. So after that Sarah and I graciously changed our start time, to go an hour earlier, and busted our tails to make the show for you, the fans, as we always do, because it's all about you, <laughs> and only you, it's not about us, it's about you. Um, there will be no hump day tonight, so um, the hump day has been canceled, and The Voice wanted, uh, wanted his many, many fans out there to know that um, there will be no uh, hump day this evening, so your show tonight is us, the Line to Game show.
2: So the, the truck reviewer said, maybe Dix knows what Sarah looks like. So he was on his best behavior. <laughs> What's actually funny about that is I tweeted out a picture of Ed Oliver that got over a hundred and something thousand views ish. Um, Cause he was looking into the stands because two rows behind me, some guys were, they were being douchey, but they were, t- they were calling out Gabe saying a bunch of stuff at Gabe, you know, screaming at right. Gabe. And Ed Oliver looked like he had lasers coming out of his eyes. So I took a picture of it, and he was, like, mouthing stuff to, you know, like, under his breath. And then someone walked up to him, and he was like, look at this, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I probably should not do that often because I'm going to get some of these players (laughs) in trouble. So, yeah, um, to Dig's defense, um, you know, I actually did tweet out a picture of Diggs, but it was all positive. So.
1: I didn't see a game day fit shot this week.
2: Um, Probably because I uh, felt like crap um, a little bit. Uh, I but, what but what about us?
1: What about us, Sarah? Again, so, it's not about I you. Actually, it's not us. I fans. will
2: admit, I will admit, I kind of went all out this week and then ended up not wearing my outfit. Like, I had leather pants. <laughs> I had a really cool Monday night football outfit. But... I um, like, I also got the opportunity to do the ketchup and mustard this week um for Pinto Ron. Um, so I knew I was going to be up on top of that, that van of his um at the Hammers lot with a bunch of drunk people. And I was like, you know, it's probably not a good thing to, to wear my nice leather jacket and my leather pants and, you know, I had like my my boots had heels and like, I mean, they were thick heels. They were um, they're you know, Timberlands with heels. But I was like, you know what? Let me change my outfit a little bit. So I ended up changing um, what I wore. So I really didn't wear anything special this week. I just wore three pairs of leggings because I was so freaking cold. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a hoodie and then my, I did wear my leather jacket, but I, I covered, uh, you know, I carried well, it save, most of the day. Save, um, so I didn't get save too, all that uh, used to it.
1: We'll save all that for the new year's Eve game. Cause if everything goes right, it looks like, uh, I know me and my son Owen for sure will be up there and I don't know about anybody else. So we're coming back up to Buffalo this year. Um, as one as of my, it's
2: not snowing. Cause if it's cold, I'm not wearing that
1: <laughs> one of our, well, by the way, when I saw you last year, you and I mean you and Spence look like two of the saddest people I've ever seen in my life. You were like <laughs> how so many clothes was, we had on.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it was
1: it was hilarious. It's like right. you had to wear your entire closet.
2: I mean, so you there's this girl there's this girl Trinity, um, that she's always on the field. I have a feeling she dates one of the players. I've never asked, but I follow her on Instagram because she always has the cutest game day fits. She was actually one of my ideas for the leather pants, one of her right, outfits. Right. So um Anyways, she tweets out this picture and she looks so super cute and she's on the field. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm in three pairs of pants, four shirts, a hoodie and a jacket. And I was still cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're fired up to come up. I think we're going to come up uh, early, too. We're going to go to the Sabres game on Saturday night. One of our yeah. real good friends is Jason Christie, who is the uh, bench coach for the Sabres. He used to be awesome. the he used to be the head coach for the Tulsa Oilers, the CHL team here in town. And his son and my son played hockey together. So we'll get to see them and all that. So it looks like we'll be up for that New England game, but you know so, we can't uh, we can't come to games that are warm. We have to come to the coldest right, ones available. Right. So,
2: so um, my son will be out of school, so he will be at that game with me. Um, nice. The, yeah. So um, he loves the cold, so he would go in shorts if he could. Uh, I yell at him all the time because it's thirty degrees where he goes to school, and I'm like, "What do you what do you have on right now?" And he's like, uh, "T-shirt, shorts." <laughs> <laughs> freaking crazy but anyways let's um, do this
1: and this is something I want to ask you is as we move into the next week and we move into a new era as far as an offensive coordinator goes in Buffalo what is the one thing you want to see Brady accomplish in his seven game audition to be the next full-time OC
2: um well I want to see him put his stamp on it a little bit I I I you know, don't want to see the same offense, obviously, that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, if he doesn't put his his stamp on it, if you know, I'm not saying that he needs to be the reason we're winning, but if we don't we don't win, if we don't make it to the playoffs, um, I can honestly see McDermott not having a job come January eighth. Um, so you know, I would like to see him go out there um and add a few wrinkles uh make it make it his own offense to the point where we can see that it's his offense but i'd like to see josh line up under center a little bit more you know how i feel about that um
1: but i want to know what it's going to accomplish
2: i i mean we're i think it'll get the running game going i think it'll get uh you know josh's confidence back a little bit more i think he operates better especially play action under center Um, and not make stupid calls. Um, you know, not make stupid calls on third and one where we're in shotgun over and over and over again. Um, I don't think he needs to do anything crazy. I think this offense can win games just by making smart calls. Um, so I know Ralph just put Josh wants shotgun, I understand that, but again. Um, if it's not working, someone needs to have the balls to tell Josh it's not working. And I know most offenses nowadays operate out of shotgun, um, unless they're running play action. So, um, I think that there needs to be a healthy dose of both. Um, so I, I mean, I think that all this, the, the, the whole point is to accomplish wins. Um, we want to make the playoffs and the window is, uh, is very small of us getting into the playoffs this year. Um, we have to, we have to win to do it.
1: I, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. What I would like to see out of Brady is, you know, one of the pieces they had in L- at LSU when he was down there was was Edwards Allaire, who's at Kansas City, obviously. Um, they did a really good job of getting the ball out of the backfield, not only handing the ball off, but also throwing it to him. I think the number one thing that I want to see from Brady is a concerted effort to make James Cook a voc- a focal point of this right. offense. I want to see them commit to giving him the ball X amount of times a game, whether it's a handoff, whether it's a screen pass, whether it's a, a dump off out of the backfield, whatever. I think, he is, and and you know, Daddy wanted to put him in timeout because he fumbled the ball. That's that's his prerogative, whatever. I thought it was ridiculous. The worst thing you need to do to me, anyway, of a young player is to you know is to so sit there and like, stew
2: with it in his right, head, right, for exactly. You know, the next half an hour. Now,
1: granted, he got lucky later in the game and dropped the ball and picked it up and had a big yeah. run. But
2: and and I, the other fumble was not on him. The other fumble was on Josh. It was a very right. bad handoff.
1: Oh, it was a horrible handoff. But they have to find a way to get this running game and get Cooks more involved to take away the feeling that Josh Allen has to do everything. And to me, anyway, the way you do that is to take your young back. You've got Latavius Murray, who's a great change-up. He had some great runs. Obviously, he's older. He's not going to break anything away. That's fine. He does a wonderful job in pass protection. He hits the hole. He does what he's supposed to do. Um, but I really believe that that to get this offense turned around to where this passing game starts getting back to where we want to be, is they've got to figure out a way to get Cooks to be a big time focal point of it. And if we see that, I think they'll be fine. If we go back to where it's everything's on Josh Allen, you're gonna see a lot of the same.
2: I agree. So just uh to, to let you guys know, um, so I got a call from the Bills uh the other day. They've recognized my my game streak. So they uh they actually asked me to um to be season ticket holder of the game uh this weekend coming up. So I'll be I'll take some pictures. I'll be on the field um before the game. Um so it'll be cool. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Right now it's saying it's it's supposed to rain. So um but i've never actually been on the field so um you know i've just, been on a couple of stadiums fields and but not the bills so it'll be cool
1: i've i've been on a couple times it's okay it's a little overrated but just a um times. i just can't believe that i'm actually the bum of this show i'm like a bum compared oh, to shut you shut up i mean you, seriously. Got, you were
2: on their post game last year you, you i'm like a, i'm
1: like a damn bum man like i i just show up once a week you're like a rock you're a rock star man <laughs> i mean well, seriously, I was, we all we all aim to be like you sarah
2: yes uh, but no i was definitely he completely you know caught me off guard calling and um i'm excited i've like i said i've never been on the the field before so uh i'll definitely take some pictures and you know they joked; they were like i know you're row one so it's not gonna be much different than being on the field <laughs> and i was like well it's a little different you know but no, that's pretty cool um yeah so uh I'll definitely be tweeting out some really cool pictures, uh, before, you know, before the game and whatnot. So, so you'll be down before the
1: game and then they will throw you up back up into your seat for the game.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, you know, 45 minutes prior to kickoff, I got to go back to my seat. So, okay. um, but I'll see, you know, some of the workouts and everything. And just to be able to walk on the the field, you know, like it's it, the little kid in me is freaking out because you know, it's been, a. Uh, you know, it's been years uh, of me being a Bills fan, um, you know, 35 years, uh, 36 years of me being a Bills fan. So see, I um, think Ralph,
1: I think Ralph is right, man. I need to get some leather pants. Yeah, I think I so. If you want me to pants. wear them
2: in December, you're going to have to wear some too. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, that
2: would be, that picture would go viral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I wore leather pants, I'd look like a damn rhinoceros.
2: Oh stop! <laughs> uh, no, that would be that would be hilarious. I that that picture would definitely go viral. Um, but no, uh, but so quickly. I was just going to ask quickly. You know, thoughts of the Jets game?
1: Well, I mean, talk about jumping right back into the fire. Um, you get to play uh, a team to beat you in opening night at home uh, with a new offense coordinator and a team that rolls in with a defense that is uh, right up there at the best in the league. So, uh, and they
2: caused four turnovers, which we just had four turnovers. So exactly. It makes me a little nervous. Um, but I feel, I don't know. I feel every, I guess like the same thing with, with Las Vegas, whenever you kind of go through that coaching change mid season or whatever, like it's something that, happens. And well, even if it's only for one week, something happens in the, the locker room and I'm hoping it was what was needed, um you know, to kind of shake up these guys a little bit. So uh I definitely, I'm going to say, you know, I think it'll still be a close game, unfortunately. um But right now, and I joked about it yesterday, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown in like 36 possessions or something like that. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's been like 11 quarters or I don't, it, it was something crazy statistic. So, um, you know, I, hasn't really have,
1: what did the injury report say today? Did Bedford, did Benford play? Did, did he practice? Um, what do we got? He
2: was, he was not even on. Um, so I wrote down the injury report. So, uh, Phillips and Shearfield were, did not, uh, would, did not participate. Benford, Hyde, Lewis and Williams were limited.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, at least he's out there, which is good.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we'll see. I think that our biggest thing with uh, the Jets on offense is just ensuring that we, you know, hold their run game um, within, you know, in check. And if we can do that, I think the defense will will be successful. It's just got to score more points than we're allowing. So, uh, you know, uh, like I said, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown in um, several games. So the Bills have a chance, but lately I feel like, um, we've not, we've, we've played to our, you know, our competition. Um, but you know, the Bills still have a chance in our division. We really do. So we could still win the AFC East, you know, things have to fall our way, obviously, but, um, you know, we still play the Dolphins, uh, which would be the half, the other half game that we need there. And then we just need one other game for us to win and the, the Dolphins to lose. So um, we'll see how it works out. But, you know, I'm, I'm not giving up on the team yet. I will say, though, if uh, I kind of have a feeling if they lose this game, um, the you know the season might be kind of door closed and we might need to tear it down and rebuild.
1: I feel like a Batman ending. Can the Bills make the playoffs? Will Sarah make her consecutive street game, or will she have COVID?
2: Oh, don't, jo- don't, don't put that negativity <laughs> on me.
1: Can Joe Brady be the offensive coordinator that we all need? Can Josh Allen find his former form? That and more. Same time, same bad channel.
2: Uh, Matt just said I jinxed the Bills. I don't know what I I just did. Probably because I said that you know there's a there's a chance that uh, they'll let them <laughs> score a touchdown. I mean, the inevitable is coming. You can't right. go; it's the NFL. You can't go four games without scoring a, a you know, a touchdown. It just numbers are going to eventually happen. So, um, we'll see. I, I, you know, I'm going to say I see the Bills winning this game. Um, I, I was talking to um, Jeremiah Poyer before the game the other day, and he thinks we're going to destroy the Jets. So I uh, love his confidence. So I'm going to go with that but I just feel like um, it'll be close again. It'll be low scoring, you know, probably 24 to 13, I'll, I'll say, um, or maybe even a little bit less on our on our um, BF because uh, the Jets' defense is really good. Um, I would be okay with a 17-13 as long as we win.
1: <laughs> right. Well, hey, that does it for us. Remember, uh, hump day this week is canceled. It'll be next week. And uh, you can check out the show if you missed part of it. You can check us out on the podcast uh, on all, you know, major podcast providers. And uh, we'll be back next week on Wednesday at our normal time. Yes. 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, 7 o'clock Central, Wednesday night. No,
2: you just said today's time. 9 o'clock Eastern. 9
1: o'clock Eastern, (laughs) but it's 8 o'clock for me. Yeah, I'm in Central time zone. 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. We'll be back here on Wednesday night. Again, she's Sarah Larson. I'm the big old Jerry Ostrowski. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you as always. Hit the like button, subscribe button, and remember in the, in the future, if you're on Facebook, you can come over here to YouTube, jump in on the comments like everybody, Richard Rush, Matt Bynum, Ralph Wilson Sr. in the gang. We appreciate you as well. And as always, one love and go Bills.
2: Go Bills.